Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today we want to talk a little bit about reverence. Reverence for God, reverence for the scriptures. And I think that reverence is one of these things that's truly missing in our current era. And I say this because the, the things we're starting to see, even oftentimes in the Christian culture, lacks a degree of reverence. Now, is there a place for something like parody? Well, speaking as somebody who's written a Christian parody book, I can say that yes, there is indeed some place for it. There were other uh, tables, I don't know if they're doing any more books or not, but they did a, a couple books from the Upturned Table parody series, of course taken from the verses where Jesus goes in and turns over the money changers' tables so that the, the people would, would run away because they were treating the, the God's temple in a flippant manner. and. They did a parody book on some of the Left Behind series. There was, uh, there was Right Behind and there was Supergeddon. And uh, the one book that I had that I read was The Mantra of Jabez, of course, from The Prayer of Jabez, which The Prayer of Jabez had some valid arguments, but it tried to distill prayer down to a simple, do this step and you will find God's blessing in your prayer. And so the Upturned Table parodies was not parodying God. It was not parodying the Word. It was parodying books that oftentimes forgot biblical interpretation. And so when I wrote the book, The Art of Shallow Neighboring, which curiously, with no advertising, is my most popular selling book, probably because so many churches are doing The Art of Neighboring and people will buy my book and their book side by side. And oftentimes we get some bad reviews because people don't understand what I'm doing. And I found that most people have not actually read The Art of Neighboring. They just happen to like it because their pastor said it's good. And that's what I was parodying. If you actually read the apology in that book, the last quarter of the book as a Christian apology defending the word of God from such pompous things like The Art of Neighboring, which denigrated the word of God, it denigrated Christian service, it denigrated the gospel, all for the purpose of becoming the buddy on your block. I mean, it was weird. And so when the, the pastors of the, that wrote the book, The Art of Neighboring, wrote what they wrote, they were doing it in a very irreverent manner. And so a parody can come by and turn those tables over and can show you really what the flaw is through a degree of humor. But oftentimes in our culture, we forget the purpose and the point and the place. And we start to treat the Word of God with no reverence at all, such that we won't read it. Over, uh, I think it's under, at this point, under 20% of all professing Christians actually actively read their Bible. Many of them just take no interest. Some of them, yeah, I've read it once, or at least I've skimmed through it once. I've read most of it once, and then they just go and live their life, and that's not what the Christian life is about. The Bible is the one thing that tells us the life and the conduct. What does it say in 2 Timothy? Is it 2 Timothy 3.16? All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for the building up and for the edification of the church. And that is really the point and the purpose, that Scripture is that fundamental link to the mind of God, while prayer is the fundamental link to the heart of God. And we have to have both of them in our life in order to live a good and sound Christian life. That is important. 
Remember what reverence looks like. In the Egyptian time in the Exodus, the Egyptians enslaved the Hebrew people and they're afraid of the Hebrew people. And so they enslave them and they are commanding the midwives to kill any of the boys and let the girls live. Because the women in that culture, at least, are more subjugated, uh, subjugated than the men were. The men could lead the, the orders and this baby Moses is born and the mother takes steps to prevent him from being killed. He ends up being raised in Pharaoh's own household. Later on, he grows up and he flees after killing an Egyptian uh, while, uh, while he's beating some of his fellow Hebrews. And he ends up fleeing the country. And he is shepherding sheep with his father-in-law. And he goes up on this mountain and all of a sudden, God meets with him. And what does God tell him to do? Take off your shoes, for where you are standing is holy ground. You kick off those shoes. You bow and worship. I remember having a discussion with somebody once where we're talking about what would happen if Jesus came to the door. It would be so great. No, do you not, did you not read the book? Well, you're probably part of the 80% who don't read the Bible. The next time we see Jesus on earth, he's coming as a conquering king. Yes, it is true. He called us friends. Yes, he is preparing a place for us. Yes, we will have eternity with him. But the next time we see him, he is a conquering king. Now, he is conquering the king of the world and the armies of God's people will be with him. But still, there is a reverence and an awe, which is why you find in Isaiah 6, you find the, the, uh, these angels around God, they have three sets of wings, one to cover their feet honor and respect, one to cover their eyes, to not look upon the glory of God and one of them to fly around. So these angels, even these angels have this reverence, this awe for God that we need to have. We need to have an awe and a reverence for God and for his word. And we treat the Bible so flippantly. Sometimes we just treat it like we got to figure out what we need to do to get these, get these people to read the Bible. And so we come up with these nonsensical ideas, reading some of these modern translations. You know, we have the, the comically exciting Bible. Uh, it's called the Contemporary English, I think, C-E-B. I call it the comically exciting Bible. It's got some weird translational notes in there. Uh, the voice, it's all done in a play script. I mean, when you get a chance to see in Numbers 22, you know, here's the donkey's part to speak, you know. It's just like, what are you doing? And then they took study notes into it. But nothing of anything that I've seen even comes close to matching what Lifeway just did. I'm going to read some of the clips here from Berean Research. So... Lifeway, which I've never agreed with Lifeway. They do, they're the ones behind all these Bible school, vacation Bible school curriculums and Sunday school curriculums that are, that are soft and theologically garbage, really. Um, not to say that they're not trying. I don't want to completely denigrate them. But this, what they did with the Gen Z Bible devotional, actually they call it the Gen Z Bible Devo, uh, is what they called it. This is so blasphemous and so irreverent towards the scripture. They're literally mistranslating some of these things. Well, they're, they're alternatively translating it into the modern vernacular kids might like. So John 1.1 says this. Okay, John 1.1. I'll let you pause and look at what it says. Since day uno, there was Cap G. Big J was chilling with Cap G. And Big J was Cap G. I'm sorry, I would like to separate myself from the lightning bolts that are going to be coming. Here's the T. Start up by saying, here's the T. 
Life started with God's word, but the Bible isn't boring or outdated. Life still starts with God's word. It actively transforms us, pierces our heart. Um, let's see if I can find the one from, from that one. There's, uh, let's see if I can find a few more of these here. So here's a few more of them. Exodus 14:21. Moses yeeted the sea. It's excited. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by the strong wind, east wind, turned the night into dry land. That's what it's more traditionally translated. Matthew 26, 51, 20, uh, 51 to 52. Dude got his ear clapped, and Jesus was like, chill, fam. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Matthew 5, 13, 14. Be salty and lit, fam. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. I used to be a newbie. Now I'm not a newbie. 2 Kings 2, little E was cruising and some dudes were roasting his socks off, which made him big and mad. So come big mama bears came and made the squad din-din. Little E, by the way, that is, I believe that is Elisha. He's a little upset when, uh, you know, his master's taken away. A bunch of guys come out, little juveniles. Hey, baldy, baldy. He calls a bunch of bears to come and eat him. So that is what Lifeway did. Why did they do this? Well, they did this so that they could be more relevant. They could reach the youth with their language. They could, they could get up, but it was an irreverent attempt. They're doing the very same thing that everyone thinks is the problem. People think the problem is church isn't interesting for these kids. It's not relevant to them. They're not reacting to it. No, you're not teaching it to them. You're not living it in your life. When you live your life, as a time of prayer, a time of fasting, a time of real deep devotion to God, they're going to catch that. Your kids are going to catch that. In fact, when I taught third through fifth grade Sunday school and I didn't use any of these curriculums, they offered me curriculums, some Lifeway and some other ones. I said, no, we don't need a curriculum. We actually opened our Bibles and we went through the Bible and we read the Bible and we talked about what it means and we went to other verses to help them understand. The kids in my elementary school class knew infinitely more than the youth group kids who were doing all these cool, new, trendy things because your reverence leads its way. When you are reverent to the scriptures and you sit down and you study them, take a serious translation and study them and put them into your life practice, your kids are going to see that. We don't need some trendy, new, devotional language with this nonsense we need people who actually stand firm to the truth of God. That's what we need. And I'm going to ask you, please stand firm. If you're part of that 80% that doesn't read your Bible, quickly become part of that 20%. Maybe we can rise those numbers up a little bit. Because our churches are weak because we do not study the scriptures. And we do not study the scriptures so our churches are weak. It is a never-ending cycle. And then we end up looking for DVD curriculum so we don't have to worry about the hard practice of studying. We try and pass off, we, we try and find warm bodies to teach our kids and just hand them a curriculum from this company most of the time. And then we wonder why our kids abandon the church later. Be the strong believer in your life. Be the strong believer in your church and take the word of God seriously and reverently. That's what we're commanded to do. Thanks for coming along. Have a look at the links in the description down below. Follow along on the social media platforms. Share this video across all your platforms. We are on Twitter, Gab, Minds, Reddit. You can feel free to post this video link anywhere else that you, uh, you can find. So thanks for coming along, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk.
and our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.